Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome back, friends, to the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. The season's over, but we're still here. Yes, because we still got content for you. There's lots to talk about. We're going to do some of it today and even, well, actually mainly, prep you for next year. It's never too early, even though the season is barely done. I mean, the embers have barely gone out. We are still looking at 2023, and that's what we're going to do today as Brandon, Jake, and myself are going to do a slight little different take on those early mock drafts that everybody's doing. A lot of people are drafting out there. Well, the three of us are going to take a look, and we are going to essentially have to agree. We're going to go through them, and we're going to do the agreement draft. This will be the agreement draft of 2023, where we'll go through <laughs> who sits there, who finishes out, and, of course, joining me is Brandon Funston. Are you laughing Twitter, because Funston. we're going to get through three picks, and that's yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> basically, I'm thinking of, I was just thinking, Sorry, we, are, we are the House of Fantasy Football representatives, and we're, we're, we might have to do this 15 times to get it right but we'll get there <laughs> i like the the uh the agreement draft reminds me of an offshoot of like the jump to conclusions matt from uh from <laughs> office space like it's a jump to conclusions we have got to figure this out jake and oh i feel like jake i feel like you're gonna have some opinions on this at all in kid on the twitter i what? feel like the agreement is good we're gonna have to find ways to agree with jake brandon i think it's gonna be jake versus us here that's why i feel I like think, this is going. i think two out of three is a majority my man it is a majority that's right that's how we'll work <laughs> yes. it so watch out yeah. jake. There's solidarity I, 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 here exactly <laughs> and jake are you ready for this are you gonna are you ready have you thought about this early draft have you actually done any of these i'm currently doing a 2023 early mock draft we're only nope. going five rounds just to get an early taste of it because it is like massively too early and there's so much that can go into it i totally understand that do you think though like what level of value do you think is in taking a look at this right now especially there's like a keeper dynasty but you can never be prepared too early do you think enough of what we're coming off of in 2022 is going to set the stage properly right now to draft an early 2023 draft no <laughs> yeah i think it's like Perfect. maybe 50 percent because yeah. free agency, let alone free agency, then the draft, there's just way too much that happens. You're just going to have changes. Uh, look, this time last year, everybody was Michael Carter as a first, second rounder because Michael Carter was going to have the backfield to himself. And then the draft happens and boom, out the window goes Michael Carter. So, like, I'm just saying, like, it's 50-50. Like, of course, there's a lot of situations, but, you know, you can sit here and talk about wide receivers with all the volume and then they add somebody in the first round of the draft. So, there's just a lot that it, free agency. There's just way too much going on. That well, is true. Just to jump in, but you should plug. Aren't you doing your way too early rankings? What next week? No, or two weeks. I wait. It, I, it's it, it's the week in between. The it's for okay. the the new whatever game skill right. set thing. Jigger roll is whatever's happening. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the answer is it's it's way too early, but it's sticky. Content. Oh yeah, people love to talk. People about still want to absorb it. Yeah, it's rankings. Absolutely. People want to get. And get mad about my rankings all the time. 
You know, I will mention this is the last opportunity if both of you want to go to the uppers and fight for it, that the Super Bowl will be down the street for me. If, if we need to, you know, does it get me any passes or anything like that? And you need me to get out and get some content, uh, the Super Bowl, the experience, Radio Row, everything is happening in my backyard. And then I believe the skills competition is right in, in your Vegas. backyard. Wow. Uh, almost. Yeah, it literally <laughs> is almost in my backyard, except I did find out I thought they would do everything at the stadium. But they're not doing anything at the stadium this year. They're actually literally spreading it out through uh, the valley here in Phoenix. Scottsdale is where Radio Row is, and the NFL experience is in Phoenix. And the game is in Glendale. How does that make any sense? There's so much of an infrastructure built around that stadium that uh, there seems is. perfect for that. But well, there's actually a retract. There's the retractable field that takes up this huge area with a parking lot that they could run a, uh, a, a mini any event out of it. So I don't know why they're doing it that way, but. Yeah, no big deal. Yeah, just Super Bowl in the backyard and everything like that. But skills competition is in Vegas. There's a lot of weird stuff going on. We actually will be back that week before the Super Bowl to kind of preview that, maybe talk about some DFS options and go through there. But the season is over, Brandon. Uh, I just wanted to get any takes, you know, from this past year that might carry over into 2023. Maybe a take that you have, but I do want to point out that the Seattle Seahawks and my 49ers are facing off in the first playoff game this Saturday. So, uh, you yeah, what, do they, what do they say? It's really hard to beat a team three times in one season. Mm, that really is true. Hard. It Although really, really think, is. I think the 49ers will figure out a way <laughs> because they're just the better team. But uh, my takeaway from the season that I will not be able to shake going into drafts next year is how much I struggled to find wide receiver value on the waiver wire in your standard 12-team leagues. I think this is the year where the proliferation of two RB uh, backfields that have meaningful touches uh, allowed for there just to be, I never struggled to find someone to plug in as like a flex flyer at running back usable wide receivers that I felt could get me 40 yards and four catches that became a struggle. And so I will be intent going into drafts most likely. And obviously not every year is the same, but I feel like how is there going to be a sea change to suddenly wide receivers are super deep again? I think the, quarterback class kind of struggle i think defenses have gotten better and gotten better at you know at at protecting against the passing game that i will be looking at wide receivers a lot earlier so i'll just be making sure that i have my depth covered um you know so that i'm not i'm not in a position where i'm scrambling for receivers all season long i think it's important imperative that you get four to five quality receivers from the get-go and you work from a position of strength early you know i can just kind of want to agree with that that was my big one that's what really killed me this year i'm always i'm always gonna be kind of just a running back guy i like to invest early when i can in running backs and i don't like to get caught from behind but this year i played way too much into the depth that wide receiver you play that game where you're like hey you know, in round whatever, 60 or not round, but, you know, around the picks of 60 or something like that, the wide receivers to the running backs, there's really no comparison. The wide receivers are still better. And you do the same thing in the 80s and you keep telling yourself that. And the next thing you know it, you don't even have a wide receiver three. And uh, I'm going to have a very uh, concerted effort in these next drafts to probably take wide receivers a little bit higher and really go hard in the depth because you're right, Brandon, there was a lot more value at running back. In, in the later rounds and off of the wire than I probably in any other year. I don't want to let that be my crutch and be like, oh, running back's always going to be great. But there was just was so much more. Wide receiver was my absolute crutch. But Jake, what do you think? What's the what's going to be your 2023 draft takeaway uh, from this past season? Very, very, very fresh still in our minds. I'm still trying to figure out who you're drafting around 60. 
That's awesome. <laughs> 60. Whoa, what a draft that would be. What an amazing draft that would be in round 60. What an awful Picking draft up. that would actually be now that I'm thinking about it. That'd be a horrible uh, ex- draft. Ex- to do. <laughs> I mean, thank you. Yeah. Uh, maybe uh, Ladanian Tomlinson will come back and play again. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> By the way, did you see Ladanian Tomlinson, that fit he had in the national championship game? He was mm-hmm. looking, he was looking rocking and with that, then, that cowboy hat and oh, everything after that was not what a watching. horrible game, by the way. Yeah. Really uh, well, I mean, awful, worst, worst uh, way to end the college football season. Apologies, but go ahead. 100%. So, uh, but I bet you every Buffalo Wild Wings out there, even in Virginia had 90% Georgia fans, just like they did when Alabama was playing Notre Dame because they just all of a sudden show up like they all existed this entire time. <laughs> anyway, sorry for the complete sidebar. <laughs> so, uh, so where I agree with you guys, I'm actually going in a different direction because I'm still taking running backs early, but I agree. I think because of what Fonston said, I don't think it's the fact that wide receivers not deep. I'm thinking it, it like from my experience, I think it's that everybody knows it's deep. So everybody knows that there's upside with finding wide receivers late and that they got picked a lot more than they had in past years. Like I think if like maybe do a study, like I feel like benches were filled with more of like four wide receivers out of six spots where in years past, it used to be like three and three or even three running backs, two wide receivers and a quarterback. I think, more wide receivers were drafted and rostered this year too. So why I agree with Fonson is like, that's what it was. I saw the same thing. Waivers were pretty thin trying to find a wide receiver you could rely on. But I think that was because people had shifted and that the industry has shifted to the more intelligent way to build your depth. So I'm still running back early, but I agree with Fonson is like, start hitting them and make sure you get five or six wide receivers before you get to round 14, because usually the round 14 wide receivers don't even hit where around 14 running back is more like you need an injury or possibly even two. So I think that's the difference there. So I agree and disagree. The other thing I think, I think you can make a case to start taking quarterbacks earlier. I won't say early, but this is now another year where the top three quarterbacks have almost three points per game edge over the rest of the field being Hurts, Mahomes, and Josh Allen. I think, you know, we sit here as the industry and say, wait on quarterback, wait on quarterback, wait on quarterback, wait on quarterback. I'm not saying take them in the second round, but if I'm sitting there in the third round, it's like, hey, I could get Josh Allen and just know I have that leg up. It's almost a Travis Kelsey leg up, not to that degree, but you just have that surety all year long where you don't have the down games mixed in. You don't have the inconsistency. So I think you're going to see some people start to gravitate more towards, you'll see the QB ADP rise and you'll get some third, fourth, fifth rounders like we had seen tight ends starting to do. I've always been like that too. The late round quarterback is fine, but I've always been the type if I can get the value on the elite quarterbacks, I want to give it an opportunity depending how my roster is. And the one year I ran away with flex was the year after uh, Cam Newton had a terrible season. It was the year that he bounced back and had a huge season. And I got him like the 12th round. I was like, at this point, like I stop, I'll take my quarterback. And he was only like the 10th quarterback off the board because it's an industry league and everybody doesn't want to take a quarterback. But I agree with you. It's like, at some point, you know, I, I put it this way. When I was drafting this year, it never happened. But I think we had this conversation. If Josh Allen was sitting there in the fifth round, I was going to take him. Like, sure. there's, a, there's a breaking point. Six quarterbacks scored 20 or more points. You already mentioned the top three. There's a three-point drop. And then the next were Burrow, Fields, and Jackson. So th- one of the big things to point out is, like, there's not a, really an out. Like, Justin Fields is an outlier and stuff like that. But it's not that much. Like, f- five of the six are non-outliers that would be the top five that are going to go. And then you had a running quarterback in the style of Lamar Jackson 
go and score more points per game than uh, than Lamar and Justin Fields. Like that's the type of stuff that pushes these quarterbacks up. But look at the uh, the attrition rate; it's it's almost zero to the top five quarterbacks that stay in there. It's definitely an interesting look, and I've actually got up here to help because what we are going to do is we are going to be drafting out the first two rounds in our agreement draft. Probably not going to be a quarterback in here, but I have laid out the points and of the top 24. I actually excluded quarterbacks because of everything we just said. They, you know, they put up wild numbers and in total points, they overmatch this, but we're not going to necessarily be taking them. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is just going to take us into how we are going to put this together. There's a couple running backs that went at the very top in scoring. I'm actually going to just lay this out real quick for points if people want to know what the top 12 in scoring look like, and then we can figure out how we're going to assign them. The number one scorer for total points and half PPR was Austin Eckler this past year. Right behind him, six points behind, was Christian McCaffrey. So those are your top two guys that scored uh, 18 points or more per game, and they scored the most total points. Followed up by Justin Jefferson, we have Josh Jacobs at number four, Derrick Henry at five, Devontae Adams at six, Tyreek at seven, Nick Chubb at eight, Diggs at nine, Travis Kelsey at 10, followed by A.J. Brown and Saquon Barkley. And, you know, that's a pretty good rate. I'd be curious. You know, Jake, let me ask you this. Uh, This is something I, I did a lot during the season. You kind of talk about, I remember midway through the year, people were like really pissed about running backs and we're like, we're going to take more wide receivers early on and the running backs are not hitting, but the wide receivers are, I don't know. They're, they're all kind of the same names. Like look at this list of 12 that in scoring, a lot of those guys are in that first or second round. Like if a guy, you take a guy in the first and he scores second round points, I'm still going to, for the most part, give him the credit for where you took him. Same thing for the second scoring in. Who are the outliers that jumped in? It's Josh Jacobs and maybe I don't even know if you could say AJ Brown at this point. I think it might be just Josh Jacobs is the one guy that like broke this seal of the top 12. Of the top 12. Yeah. I mean, if you want to talk about a little bit further top 12, just purely running back, Tony Pollard would be the one there. I mean, if you go back to last year, yeah, I'm not looking at it right now. Taylor McCaffrey, Eckler, Henry Harris, Najee Harris didn't make it. Uh, He missed the cut. Uh, obviously, Jonathan Taylor, the injury, but Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, disappointment. DeAndre Swift, massive disappointment. Aaron Jones is there. Barkley is there. Chubb is there. And then you have Javante, who got hurt, Fournette, and down from there. So really, uh, you have about three or four names. But I mean, to have that, that's actually one of the highest hit rates, we, hit rates we've seen in a long time. That's what I was the thinking. Top 12 ru- running backs to be about, what is that, about 
70%-ish to be within that range. That's not normal. And a lot of it is usually because of injury. Uh, it's also funny enough, the same at wide receiver. Most years, there's like at least two or three top 10 wide receivers that get hurt. Uh, this year, you know, we know we lost Cooper Cup, but Jefferson, Chase got hurt. Uh, so I guess, well, there's two right there. <laughs> so I just lied. But Adams, Diggs, Lamb, Debo, disappointment and hurt. Tyreek Hill, Pittman, massive disappointment. Mike Evans, hurt and disappointment. Keenan Allen, A.J. Brown. That was the top 12 right there. So I don't think they're that different. And that's why I always go back to the running back argument. It can go either way. And people always argue, well, the wide receiver is more consistent and wide receiver is more unlikely to get hurt. Like, I don't, Tell me the difference between the top 12 for both. It's essentially the same hit rate for both. Yeah, see, I completely agree with that. And what's interesting is wide receiver and running back both had each had one massive disappointment, one due to injury in cup and one due to Jonathan Taylor being a Colt. You know, those two, <laughs> yeah, and injury, but both like were massive smacks backwards, which I think people are carrying, but you're not looking at the the totality of it. So let's start this up, Brandon. We'll start with you. And, uh, you know, it's not necessarily nominating, but it's kind of in the nominating range. I actually don't think there's a consensus at number one, at least what I'm seeing early on. But I do think it is a pair of either Eckler, McCaffrey or Justin Jefferson. That looks like that is number one is coming from one of those three. Who do you think? Who do you think we need to who you say you Justin Jackson? Justin Jefferson. Jefferson. No, Justin Jefferson. <laughs> I thought I heard you say Justin Jackson. <laughs> Justin Jefferson. I'm sorry, Mr. Jackson. Um, yeah, I was going to say the exact same thing. I don't know how we, where, what the order we end up with, but I think it's those three in, in some order. I'm going to throw out Austin Eckler because what I will say is basically the same age as Christian McCaffrey. I think the threat of a sidekick, you know, long rumored that, the Chargers want to get somebody to take alleviate the workload, but I don't think they care about alleviating the workload in the passing game. He had 107 catches. He's now had 38 touchdowns in the last two years. What's the regression going to look like? A dozen? Like, you know, like, I think we're, we're solidified in a role, and it, yeah, we're probably going to see a little bit of regression uh, next year. He is going to be 28. Um, so it starts at some point. But same thing with McCaffrey. McCaffrey has more of an injury history. Uh, Eckler's played 16-plus games in three of his last four seasons. He played 17 games this year. I'm going to throw out Eckler as the number one pick. Uh, so I'm going to do this, Jake. I am going to throw out Christian McCaffrey, not just because of the Niners, but Christian McCaffrey was <laughs> right behind him in total scoring. Week 10 on, though, Christian McCaffrey was the fifth highest scoring player, including quarterbacks, the number one scoring running back. No wide receiver scored as much. 18.8 points per game. The next person was Josh Jacobs. The next was Justin Jefferson. And then you've got more wide receivers. Austin Eckler was the third highest scoring running back during that time. And this kind of coincides more with his move to San Francisco, him being the total guy. So I'm a Christian McCaffrey guy in the, the way he was used in San Francisco, the way he's going to be used. Eli Mitchell worries me a little bit. Debo worries that McCaffrey was just the constant and he was the, best position fantasy player pretty much once he became a 49er. So I'm going to nominate Christian McCaffrey. So you could screw this all up if you want to say Justin Jefferson, or do you want to solidify what the first pick is going to be? No, see, you're going to, you brought up what I was going to bring up the fact that since week 10 on and, you know, after Christian McCaffrey got in there and wasn't the first game and got into the workload and that we expect, and that was involving more than just Elijah Mitchell. You know, we saw, Jordan Mason, uh, Debo was mixed in and out, but like you just made the point where I'm going to say this. I lean Christian McCaffrey by such a slim hair that 
I would just say, let's just make Eckler two and move on and figure out. What I think so. Is. Like, yep. That's and, exactly and what, that's what I was going to do. If, but the, here's the thing. It's like, so like we talk about this too, drafting and what, this is how close it is for me. If I ended up with a number one pick 10 times, I might take Eckler five and McCaffrey five like that just to diversify myself, because I agree with everything Funston says. And they, they had Joshua Kelly getting involved a lot this year and they drafted Isaiah Spiller who got mixed in a little bit, but as soon as Kelly came back, he was, but it was never enough away from Eckler that if you look at them, they both had, uh, actually Eckler had three single digit performances. McCaffrey had two, but you also have the one, is it one more game? No, McCaffrey played, played a full 17 games. It's a slim margin. So one and yeah, two. Is. Well, and the thing that Mc- Eckler doesn't have is he doesn't have the coming from behind him and Eli Mitchell. There isn't an Eli Mitchell that could play yes. into it and he just never regresses. And that's a benefit. So I kind of agree with you. Mine is probably like out of 10 drafts. I'm probably seven out of 10, but I'm a little bit, little tiny bit more of a homer, but we're going to go McCaffrey one, one, Eckler one, two. And I think we also don't need to go into it, though. You know, if you guys want to throw in a little nugget, it would probably be beneficial. Jefferson, I think, becomes our default uh, one, three here, because I think we all agree mm. that was what the top three is. No, we don't agree. OK, so perfect. Um, then who's your nomination for three? C- C- Cooper Cup. I don't care that he's coming off an injury unless we find out that he's not 100 percent from week one. He would have blown away. You take out the game. He got hurt because he got hurt in the game. You take him out and you put back to what that was in those eight games. And he's by far over Justin Jefferson by almost two points per game. He's still got that leg up. That was with a banged up Stafford who says he's coming back, whether or not Sean McVay comes back. I know there's a lot of ifs, but you tell me Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. Again, this is we're doing this way too early. This is January. There's a lot that could change. But Cooper Cup healthy with Matthew Stafford day one of the football season. He was over. Look at his game log. It was 20, 20, 20, 20, 20. Like when he didn't get 20, he got 16. When he didn't get 20, he got 30. Like it's Cooper Cup never had a bad game before he got hurt. If you want to take Jefferson, I'm not going to have any qualms about it. And this is similar to the Christian McCaffrey versus Austin Eckler. Cup three, Jefferson four, Jefferson three, Cup four if you want. But I'm, as of today, assuming the health, I would still take Cooper Cup. Yeah, I mean, I, we, I don't remember exactly when the injury happened weeks one through eight. Cup one through was, eight. It happened in week nine. Got, hip, left, okay, so perfect. So I did, I did it perfect. So week one through eight. Cooper Cup was not the number one scoring wide receiver. He's actually the number three in total points, but he had Tyreek. a bye week in there. And yes. uh, only Stefan on Diggs game. only Stephon Diggs had more points per game than Cooper Cup at that time. The person that does we're not mentioning is Justin Jefferson. He was actually averaging three less, uh, two and a half points less than um Cooper Cup during that time. So Brandon. What do you say? What do you think here? I think I might go with wherever you decide to go with this. I think there's a fantastic <laughs> argument for Cup. And I think if Cup isn't the 1-4 or the 1-3, he probably is the 1-4. So this probably is a back-to-back. But what say you? I mean, if, if you want, yeah. just real quick, I was going to find all of this point. It was 20.6 points per game. That's Justin Jefferson finished with 17.7. That's only almost three full points per game. But yeah. if I'm drafting right now for next year, I'm going to look at the age disparity, the fact that he is coming off an injury, the fact that Matt Stafford's coming off of a rumored career-threatening injury, although he says he's going to play, and and the fact that Sean McVay hasn't decided whether he's going to be there, and the fact that the offensive line was terrible. Like, the Rams went into the season, everybody thinking they were a legit team to repeat, you know, go into the Super Bowl. It didn't stop Cup until that point. No, I know, but but if I'm if I I always say this about first round picks, I want to eliminate question marks. So if it comes down to third year, Justin Jefferson, who is just on an arrow up in his career. And as we always say, like we used to always say 
forever. Third year is the year that the wide receivers really fully blossom. I, I Justin Jefferson's already blossomed, but like there's no reason to think that there's a backstep for him. There are there are ways to think that there could be a backstep for Cooper Cup. I, I am okay with him at four, but if I'm really coming down to I'm like, there's just less things gnawing in the back of my brain with Justin Jefferson. And I'm one of the biggest Cooper Cup fans there is. So I would take Jefferson. I would follow it with Cup. I'm fine with Cup at number four. All right. So I'm going to agree I with that. I don't that, like that Jeff. I don't like that Jefferson can get taken away. Cooper Cup never gets taken away. And that's the big difference. I, I you know what? There's a sour taste in my mouth from that week 17 game where Justin Jefferson was just absolutely shut down. And you're well, right. Cooper Cup. Dallas. It happened versus Detroit at the beginning of the year when everybody was talking about Detroit might, might be scared about their pass defense. And then whether you want to throw week 18, they were playing, they were playing for week 18, which was just absurd, but they were playing for week. It's uh, there's one other game. He had the bad game. Oh, against the Eagles. So but what if you, what if you knew going into next year that Matt Stafford was going to play 10 games? I think that's on the table. Like that's, that's where no, we're that's why Matt. I said I have no problem with it. It's just like yeah. it's very close. I think it, this one's like where I said before it's a five to five. This one might be like a six to four or seven to three. But I'm not I'm not going to say I would never take Justin Jefferson. Yeah. And I think our official order is going to go. Jefferson is one three. Cooper Cup is one four. I'll take okay. agreement with Brandon. Things are going to open up, though, here. And I want to point this out <laughs> in this mock draft. We are not going to be putting Bijan Robinson in. There are a lot of or mocks. Any other rookies. Or any other rookies, there are a lot of mocks where he starts off as one five, and so just letting everybody know, Bijan looks like he has solidified himself as a first round pick. But as Jake put it before the show, there's still a lot of scenarios that question this. You know, where, where does he end up going? Does he go into a you know a shared space that isn't great? You know, I mean, even you put him in the Texans, that's good. But you got Damian Pierce there. That's not the one that you mentioned. You mentioned the Eagles. So we're just not going to put them in there. We will have plenty of times. We'll do this this exercise multiple times. When we have more. So Bijan will not be involved in this one. But this takes us to 1-5. And I think there's, um, again, kind of a multitude of options. I think Tyreek oh. Hill makes a ton of sense. I think Derrick Henry makes a ton if of sense. If I have 1-5 next Taylor. year, and this goes to 1-4, I have a definitive. This is like not even a question for me. Okay. This is All right. locked in. If I'm at 5, and those are the oh, top yeah, I, 4. I, I'm sorry. I know who it is. Yeah. Jamar Chase. It's not even a question for Oh, okay. Me. That's no, not who I thought. Jamar Chase 100%, because Jamar Chase is essentially Justin Jefferson, but he got hurt. Like, And he doesn't have the question mark of what's Kirk Cousins next year. He doesn't have the question mark of like what are the Vikings next year. He still has Joe Burrow. Talk about ascending. The arrows are still pointing up. Justin Jefferson, or Justin Jefferson just hit his third year. Jamar Chase, about the same. Got Jerry Burrow. Everything on this offense continues to tick up. By the way, Tyler Boyd, gone. So there you go. You get one person out of the equation. I don't think he's coming back. I don't think they're going to spend money when you have Higgins and Chase to bring back Boyd as your three. That's a luxury. But I, would, I think you look at what, what? To chime in, I would say I think... I, I to me it's two guys and one of them is Jamar Chase. I don't know how you I don't know that I'm ready to separate him from Tyreek Hill yet, who just came off 119 catches and 1700 yards with Tua, you know, yo-yoing back. And That's forth. why because everything you just said. So like his down to Tyreek Hill being banged up toward like he's just at some point he's always getting nicked. Like it's just he and Jalen Waddle. I don't never going to be 100 percent all 17 games. But I'm going to use your argument for. Me against me for Cooper Cup for why I would go against Tyreek Hills because is okay, Tua that's, that's like, fair. What's but going I, on with Tua? Where like, are you guys at? Are you guys, the answer? Yeah, are you guys both Tyreek Hill right after him then? Because that's kind of where I'm at. I could, well, I could definitely 
I think if I would, I would go. Ch- I would go Chase Hill, and then I would start talking running back. And, and I'm the running back. You, it sounds like I was the most running back proponent of the three of us. I guess oh, I got a couple things here. So uh, Tyreek Hill weeks ten on was the fourth highest scoring per game, and Tyreek Hill was the third highest scoring weeks one through ten. Jamar Chase did not crack the top five in either one of those on a per game. I'm not going to cherry pick total points on a per game basis. So just throwing that back out there. Yeah, but for a per game for the season, Jamar Chase is higher. No, for the season, uh, Jamar Chase. Yeah, 17-4 to 16-6. Uh, so I have 16.6 to, where the hell is Jamar Chase? 17.4. It's a touchdown. Uh, I have 15.3. I have half point PPR, 15.3, and Tyreek Hill is 16.6 weeks 1 through 18. Look at that. I see 17.4, 11 games. <laughs> looking right uh, at it. Huh, that's weird. That's weird how I'm looking at it. What do you see, Fonson? Yeah, uh, break the okay. tie. Okay, hold on. Here, I see fifteen point three half point. I'm PPR, on the quarterback page. I'm going to fantasy football today, and I'm going to go to half PPR. Is that what we're going to do? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> scintillating radio. Uh, so I see Tyreek Hill sixteen six, and I, I have. see Jamar Chase seventeen point two. Oh, I don't see that. Okay. All right. So uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up. What? So then, however, I'm looking at uh, is wrong. I think you're looking at. You no, see, you have one of the. I know what site you're looking at. You're looking at a site that has the game log wrong because of what happened. It's oh, okay, that might extra game. Mm-hmm. That might be the case. That, that it's, definitely it's tacking on the extra thing. game of him being active when the game didn't happen. Right. Ooh, you know what? That's Let me what you, redo which this. changes digs too. That's interesting. Yeah, and if you take off, I'll just take off that week sixteen for a second and see if that changes it. Uh, yeah, it does actually. When I take when I go yeah. weeks one through sixteen. Jamar Chase is number four. He's number four now, but Tyreek Hill is number yeah. three. Uh, so yeah. both of those guys are in there. Here's a guy that we're not talking about. So I think both of those guys deserve conversation here is Travis Kelsey as well. Travis Kelsey, there's a lot of conversation. I've seen him be a top five guy in a lot of early conversation because he's so dominant. Though I will say that he only scored about a point more than George Kittle on the second half of the year. George Kittle surprisingly found his, his season back with Brock Purdy. But mm-hmm. on, on a total, on an overall season total, Travis Kelsey was the most dominant at a position, scoring over five and a half points more than number two. Does Kelsey not belong in this conversation? I think he, he can, can belong into it, but I'm just not going to do it. I've said this a million times before. He was outscored in a point-per-game basis last year by Mark Andrews, which is why some people took Mark Andrews as the number one tight end. Uh, the year before that, he was just in front of Waller, I think, by himself. And then the year before that, he was neck and neck with... Um, was it Waller and somebody and Kittle Kittle was actually, I think point one that year behind him. So again, the consistency, the guarantee, the leg up, it's all there. The problem that I always bring up and why I'm not going to do it. But if you told me on the turn, maybe I can consider it is because if one or two tight ends gets on his heels, you just lost the advantage of why you're drafting Travis Kelsey. You're you're not only drafting Travis Kelsey for the consistency, you're drafting him for that additional. You're destroying the rest of the field at tight end. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. 
Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all... It's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. So real quick, I just want to point out, and then we'll probably need to get moving more on this, is if we go with Chase and Hill, we have a four straight wide receiver run we've had. That means four of the top six picks are wide receivers, and we just said that the wide receivers and running backs are very close. So we'll stick with that. We'll go Chase at five, Hill at six. And we probably and we have Travis Kelsey sitting out there. But again, I think that we're getting back into this running back territory where we got to probably start looking at Derrick Henry or who else? Who else? Do, Jonathan where, Taylor. Jake, I, I, Jonathan why are we, we, we going to discount Jonathan Taylor just for getting hurt? He's in his third year. There's going to be a huge workload there for him. He probably got treated with t- kid gloves down the stretch because they didn't need him in a lost season. He could have played at some point. But like we're going to assume – whether it's, I don't know, they make a move for Derek Carr or they do something, they're going to do better than a Matt Ryan coming into this year. Aren't they Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan to start your are last they? two years? Are and they? They, both they, they thought Matt Ryan was an upgrade on Carson Wentz. Yeah, but aren't we at a point now where, you know, fool, fool me twice, shame on us. Like, like they're going to do something You would think. Better. In Here's seven games week, Here's, one through 10, 12.4 points per game in half PPR, Jonathan Taylor was. That was about 18 what? Actually, here, I'll, I'll even cut to the I, chase for you. Cut out that last game. He's still 13.7. The, last, the very last one where he hurt and didn't play a lot. 13.7. 13.7 still puts him at RB11. Actually, 12.1 behind Dalvin Cook. I'm going to say a, he's a season away know, from one of the I'm, greatest run, fantasy running back campaigns of all time. Sure. I would take him after. He would be the next running back after. I'm going back to Saquon Barkley. Why? Why are we not doing Saquon Barkley? He was already fifth this year behind Jacobs and Henry, or the only two in front of him. We're not saying Henry, I'm assuming, because of the age and how much he gets dinged up at this point. He's already missed time, missed time, missed time, missed time. Who's their quarterback? Is it Malik Willis? Is it Josh Dobbs? Do they go back to the draft again or try to find something else? Josh Jacobs, unknown. Where is he going to play? Similar. But Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley, similar career age, and Barkley got to where he was without even a touchdown reception from Daniel Jones because he lost some of the receiving from Daniel Jones. Worst case scenario, he's back with Daniel Jones and the Giants. Worst case, and he's RB5 on a points per game behind those four. Best case scenario, he ends up somewhere else or the Giants do something, whatever it is. I just don't know. You say, why not Taylor? I'm saying, why not Barkley? Taylor would be my pick after Barkley, but I'm 100% going Barkley over Taylor. So let's do this then. Because uh, I also think, like, Derrick Henry, Henry is just such a constant. Derrick Henry is such a constant. He ended up, I mean, he always ends up at the top, even though he's not a PPR option. I know. He I argued for him this year. 
Yeah, I mean, he just continuously does. He was the fourth highest scoring running back in half PPR this year. We are not talking about Josh Jacobs. I'm nominating Henry, so I think we got to give our orders of what these three are uh, between Henry, Barkley, and Jonathan Taylor, and that'll be our top three. So, Jake, are yours? I are you going Barkley, Taylor, Henry? Yes. Uh, what Henry is Henry has not played a full season since what? 2018? What, did he miss a game this year? Uh, just a game matters. And it's also just the, the banged up and they keep trying to like see this guy's walking into what now. Like my argument for him last year is that he didn't have the normal career path of like, oh my God, all the touches. Like that was always everybody's concern. It was like 300 carries, 300 carries, 300 carries. Okay, but now we're talking about five, 1,000, 13, 1,500 carries over the past five years. So now I'm like, now I am concerned. He's going to be 29. I am concerned about Derrick Henry enough to push him behind those two. Okay, this is so where then, I agree with Funston hundred percent. I would go Barkley, Taylor, Henry would be my order. And then what's your order, Funston? Uh, Taylor. Um, the funny thing is, is Henry had 60 more receiving yards than Saquon Barkley this year on 30 less catches. Daniel Jones didn't <laughs> throw to him, which was so um, weird. Gosh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Henry Barkley. Hen, you're gonna go. Okay, so you're going. Okay, so boy, this is I, I, it's get, really close between Henry and Barkley. This is gonna get I, convoluted because to me it's I'm Taylor going, and, and then pick him and after that. So well, because then I'm gonna go Henry, okay, Taylor, well, and then Barkley, and what that's gonna okay, that's well, gonna do Taylor, is Barkley, that's gonna make Jake, Taylor. Yours is Barkley. Barkley is last for me. So this makes it, it goes, it's just going to go Taylor, Henry, and then Barkley is going to have to be the order here. So Taylor. Uh, See, Henry. I would even go Devontae Adams before I went Derrick Henry. Okay. Well, and then so even Stefan Diggs. Okay. So here's a question real quick then. Brandon, do you think we, are you comfortable with Henry and Barkley, like Henry and Barkley above any of these next wide receivers? Because, I have this set for the two running backs, and then so we would probably Taylor won that one. So Taylor's our fifth pick, or Taylor's no one seven. Pick? He's okay. one seven, and then the, so the order I have is Devonte Adams or Henry or Barkley. Because we already put Hill above, right? Yeah, yeah, Hill's yeah. Five. Hill is one six. So, and we feel pretty confident that Devonte Adams' quarterback is probably Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. It's I'm, not going to be worse feel... than Derek Carr, and Derek right? Carr is just. It might be on par. It might be on par. Or it might be Matt Jones. Dude, (laughs) this is how far off you guys are from my list because I would go Barkley and then I would go Adams, Diggs, then Taylor Henry. See, I don't actually actually disagree with that. The only other thing we haven't done is Travis Kelsey, though, and I think we're getting into a silly range. We're getting close to him, but I'm I'm almost there, but not yet. Okay, so you know what? I think think Jake is on to something. We can live with the running backs going... Bang, 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 I think. I think yeah, but we you, um, but you would have to put you don't you guys don't want Barkley. You both have him third. We okay, no, like, so here's what we're gonna do. <laughs> Henry's gonna go to eleven, Barkley's gonna go at twelve. We have to put Diggs, Adams, and we're putting Kelsey in the first round. So we now we have to order those. I'm not three. putting Kelsey in the first round. You're putting it we're putting Kelsey well, in the put first him at round. Twelve. I'm not putting him in the first round. Well, we have the two running backs then. So we've got Henry and Barkley at eleven, one eleven and one twelve. No, then put him at Brandon, 10 and do 11. you believe that Kelsey <laughs> should be a first rounder? I think he should be 11 or 12 at the highest. I think we should move our running backs up, and I okay. think so. That's what we're going to do. We're gonna, we're, that's, this is the new order. We're going to have Henry at 10, Barkley at 11. <laughs> NWO? 
Exactly. Kelsey is at 12. And now we get to decide between Adams and Diggs. And that's going to be the decision making. And Wait, one of them makes it. the first round and one of them becomes the first. No, pick they, the they, no they're both in the uh, first round. One is one eight and one is one nine. I think I would take Henry and Barkley over Diggs and Adams, I think. See, I think I'm taking Diggs I, I, over both, but I'm taking Adams behind both. Really? I was going to go the other direction if I did that. So let's just, why don't we, oh God, I don't know. This is tough. Um, okay. Break this up, Jake. Break this up, Jake. I already did. You guys are on your own, own, own world because I went Barkley, Adams, Diggs, Taylor, Henry. So Barkley, you're in your own world Adams, over here. Diggs. All right, so you guys both have Adams. So Adams is going to be one eight. You guys have kind of agreed to that, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you agree, Diggs over the running backs, Jake? Yes, except okay. for Barkley. But okay. you're on. I told you you're in a different world than. But it's fine. <laughs> I'm going Diggs, so that puts him there. Then we're going Henry Barkley Kelsey. That is our first round. We've officially okay. acquired our first okay. round based okay. on kind of how the voting is going, and this is how it looks: Christian McCaffrey one one, Austin Eckler one two, Justin Jefferson one three. Cup is the fourth pick. Chase is the fifth pick. Tyreek Hill at six. And that gave us four straight wide receivers between one, three, and one, six. We go Jonathan Taylor, one, seven. Adams, one, eight. One, nine is Diggs. One, ten is Henry. One, eleven is Barkley. One, twelve is Kelsey. Um, we're going to stop at the first round, but there's a couple things we can break apart. Jake, is it fair to say the thing you hate the most about this is Barkley falling to one, eleven? Yes. Okay. What is your favorite when you're looking at this? The favorite pick out of all of these? Yes. Mm, I'd say. Well, it would be, it would be Barkley at 111. If you yeah, could okay. choose, choose your hate, right? your like, hate and your favorite. But okay. that's, I mean, this is, I was making the argument for Barkley here last year and he outperformed this. So now, like, we're going to put him back. We're going to put him back here again. So, He's yeah, back. of course. So, yeah, 100%. That's where I'm Okay. At. And then uh, the last one I'm going to ask you, and then we'll go to Brandon. Who do you think is the most egregious um, person left out? Left out? Left out. Are we assuming a lot of things as of today? Because I think there's two names yeah. I was about to start the next round with. Uh, the two names were going to be either A.J. Brown, if we're going wide receiver, or if we're coming back to running back, one that got hurt. Reese Hall. Brees, yeah. Brees is someone that I'm sitting on uh, a whole lot. He's one of those forgotten names that I think is going to be a second round value. Pointing out AJ Brown was technically the 11th total point scorer. Saquon was the 12th, but if we go points per game, Saquon does move up to, I believe, seven in a points per game uh, based on all these players. Yeah, so AJ that Brown is was more points per game than CD Lamb, so. Yeah, and AJ Brown was on that. Okay, so now I'll we tell go you what, Brent. Real quick, sorry, Funston, this is the last one. If Ezekiel gets cut with a dead cap, Ooh, we're now yes. talking about Tony Pollard. <laughs> I well, think, I think Tony we'll Pollard about him in the second round, anyways. Yeah, yeah. So, Brennan, uh, your least favorite pick in our first round. Our the least favorite. Um, gosh, it's probably honestly, I understand it, but it's probably Travis Kelsey. Like, it's like you don't. It makes a ton of sense, but I don't feel like you want to be the guy that comes away with a tight end in your first round. Like, still kind of on that, but it's the 12th one, so it's a turn. It's not a big deal. Obviously, I think we kind of nailed it. I think these guys are the guys we need to be talking about in some order, um, and we kind of muted it out, but um, yeah. 
My yeah. favorite uh, okay. pick is probably yeah. Devontae Adams or Stephon Diggs because I don't think there's a huge separation between any of these wide receivers, and any one of them could be the number one guy. So to get the your number one wide receiver of that group late, like Devontae Adams legitimately could be the one of one next year, and that doesn't even stretch the imagination at all. Um, so then who yeah. got I think Devontae Adams is probably my favorite pick there. Okay, and then um, who's the player that stood out to you that got left out the most? Yeah, I was going to say Brees Hall. Um, other than that, I don't really have a problem with any any of them. Brees Hall is the one where if we know he's, you know, by late August, he's back to 100%, then he's probably going to go first. Zach Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's not going to be playing with Zach Wilson. We know that already. So, yeah. Uh, Brees is, is one for me as well. I'd point out Nick Chubb. I, I, I just personally love Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb was on this list. He ended up being... The what did I say? I think it was like the eighth or ninth uh, highest score of anybody on this list. So he's kind of another one of those guys. Yeah, it's always a good question. Are they going to play this game again? Like if they go into next year and it's Chubb and Jerome Ford, because right, Darius Johnson's out too, probably not coming back for agent. So so if they do this and like it's a late round six flyer, then it's like, oh, maybe, maybe finally for Nick Chubb. But how many years have we been saying that? Finally for Nick Chubb. It's also why it's a really intriguing spot to be around like 10th or 11th with a pick. You know, because you might be able to snag like a Barkley and a Brees See, Hall or, or no. a Chubb and a Barkley or something I'm glad like you that. Said if you that. want I'd rather it. be if like 10 it. to control it. And because I don't want to get at the turn and be like, well, I guess I got to take Kelsey and Chubb. I'd rather yeah. take Barkley, come back around and get Hall or even like, the, you know, maybe a wide receiver or CeeDee Lamb. I'd rather do that. I feel like at the tail end, you're going to be like, well, I got to do it. And I hate I hate feeling like I got to do something. I also agree with the control. That's why I said 10, 10 or 11, but 10, I agree with the control. It's the same thing like baseball drafts, having the fourth pick before you're just getting the last piece of something. I like to have a little bit more of the control. And it looks like that first end of the second round is really going to be valuable. And maybe and hopefully we can tackle that here in the very near future. We're going to try to go two rounds, but hey, it's an agreement draft. It's not so easy. It took us a little bit to get there, but we yeah. got there. And uh, again, McCaffrey, Eckler, Jefferson Cup, Chase Hill, Taylor, Adams, Diggs, Henry, Barkley, and Kelsey. That is the agreement draft order for the first round, and hopefully we can tackle a second round here in the future. We will for sure be back before the Super Bowl to give you guys a preview look at that. We'll probably talk about you know some of the fun props and everything that are going to be going on pre-Super Bowl. So thank you guys for hanging out. As always, make sure you go over to The Athletic. Check out all the great stuff that we've got. Check out the great articles. You can find Jake on Twitter at All In Kid, Brandon at Brandon Funson, and myself at Is It The Welsh. Until next time, we'll talk to you right here on The Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. 